Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 1st, and today we are reading from the big book on page 54. We're starting with the last paragraph, hence we saw that reason isn't everything. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, which was Wednesday, is 3252. That's 3252. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd now like to ask Irini to please read the 12 steps for us. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you so much, and I passed. Thank you, Irini. I'd now like to ask Margaret H. to please read the traditions for us. 
Good morning, Janice. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Margaret H. in uh, Compulsive Overeater in Decatur, Illinois. One, the 12 traditions. <clears throat> Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 54, at the bottom of that page, the paragraph that begins, hence, we saw that reason isn't everything. And today I'm going to ask Esther to please start. Thank you. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Esther, and I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada. Hence, we saw that reason isn't everything. Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who prove that man could never fly? Yet we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. They said God made these things possible and we only smiled. We had seen spiritual release but liked to tell ourselves it wasn't true. 
so we had just been discussing um, reason and the limitations of reason. So this uh, uh, small little paragraph um, is teaching me that we can't, though reason has its place and it helps us in life, we can't entirely depend on it um, because clearly our reason has um, told us many things that turned out not to be true. For example, uh, reason um, taught us that a man could not fly. And in the end, of course, we see that um, flight was, you know, we had the invention of airplanes and flight was possible. So now when it comes to the, the miracle of recovery, the fact that there are people who claim to have been um, uh, released from their, uh, you know, alcoholism, from their compulsive overeating, and that God made these things possible, that God did this miracle for them, suddenly, we, you know, our reason kicks in to tell us that it actually wasn't true. So now this, you know, the same thing we've been saying about, you know, scientific inventions, um, I need to apply as well to this idea of a higher power. Um, in order for me to come to the idea of a higher power and have and and believe that a higher power can release me from um, my compulsion to to eat, then I need to you know put reason aside and maybe look at things in a different way because clearly reason hasn't been enough to help you know that reason is is an unreliable uh, way of 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 looking at life. It, it's helpful, but it's not not the only way. And I need to you know have a different look. Um, maybe open my mind a little bit and be open to new ideas. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? These paragraphs. Press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Carolyn. Go ahead, Carolyn. Hi, this is Carolyn, recovered compulsive overeater, and I know it. Um, for me, it was all about um, whose reason. You know, if my reason was so good, then why couldn't I pull myself out of the desperation of compulsive overeating? And it was just um, my reason wasn't working, and I just needed to seek and search deeper within myself and and say there has to be something greater than myself that can help me with this. There has to be. I can't do this anymore. I do believe in God, but I don't. I don't trust in God, and that's what it was for me. It was all about learning to trust, and so that I could bring God into my life and know that He absolutely, truly was there and had my back and was going to help me, so that when I fell backwards, He was going to be the one to catch me. I wasn't going to hit the ground. That pillow was going to be there, and it was going to be soft and gentle, and somebody was going to catch me. For me, it was just I, I had my reason didn't work anymore. It just didn't work anymore. I needed to seek something bigger and better than myself, and with that, I passed. Thank you, Carolyn. Would anyone else like to comment? Press star one to unmute. Well, this is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. I I need to talk a little bit about these paragraphs because they they were very important to me in that shift in my thinking. Very important to me. It says, hence we saw that reason isn't everything. Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable. 
you know, why wasn't my reason entirely dependable? You know, my reason was obscured by negative thinking. You know, we like to say in the fellowship we abstain from negative thinking when we get into recovery because my negative thinking, remember, my thinking had been warped. You know, the 12 and 12 clearly speaks to that. You know, we had warped our thinking by that compulsive overeating, by picking up again and again and again. You know, we no longer could tell the truth from the false, it says in the doctor's opinion. And that had happened to me. You know, that reason that I was so proud of emanated from our best minds, it says. Well, my best mind was not too reliable by this time. My best mind, when thinking about this idea of a power greater than myself, could not look at it squarely the way it could when I got into recovery. You know, we had been seeing another kind of flight, it says, a spiritual liberation. I saw other people who seemed to have that kind of freedom, but, you know, I only smiled, you know, in that very superior way because I could not yet relate to it because I had not yet put the food down and started to think in this new way. But those who had gone before me, those in whom the problem had been solved, had something I did not. Their reason had been transformed. Their logic, their reason, their spirit was now operating in a whole different way. You know, that determination that I was so proud of and and that self-motivation that I was so proud of needed to be transformed. That twisted thinking of mine needed to be transformed so that I, I could experience this. You know, we had seen spiritual release, it says, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. And why wasn't it true? Because I had not yet experienced it. You know, it would become true for me when I experienced it. And with that, I'll pass. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? It's Leah. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It says here, neither reason as most of us use it entirely dependable, though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who prove that man could never fly? Again, they're you know referencing to the Wright brothers. I mean, there was this big symposium in the 1800s where physicists and other specialists, you know, in mathematics, proved that you could not create a flying machine that of its own power would fly. Well, if the Wright brothers believed that, you know, we would not be utilizing uh, airplane travel today. They they had a belief. You know, before you can achieve something, you must believe in that. And they believed that they could, you know what I mean? And then they made a decision on that belief, and they took action on that belief. And look what happens today. We get around through air travel. It's the same thing for me. You know, I crawled my way in to someone who cracked open this book and told me that these pages, uh, you know, gave clear-cut directions to action steps that transformed them and that they were able to experience God when their resistance stopped. And, and, you know, I crawled in with tombstones in my eyes. You know, it says here, yet we had been seeing another kind of flight, a spiritual limit 
liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. And that's exactly what those of us who are recovered and people who pen these pages are saying. It's saying, you know, we stand here, we were in that same quicksand, and yet when we were willing to discard some old beliefs and put aside some old prejudices and some doubting and some decisions that we perhaps made when we were kids, and be open to something new. You know, that, that those of us that are recovered, this recovery doesn't come out of personal success. This is not about recognition of self. This is about what God can do when we cooperate with his grace. This is about God coming into our lives and rev- revolutionizing our lives. You know, so that is exactly the point I was at. You know, on the one hand, I had my experience of almost two decades of mayhem in this disease of chronic progressive compulsive overeating and on the other side i had living proof in people in whom the problem had been solved people who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body they were the living proof of this program of recovery they were the results of discarding old ideas and being willing to believe in something new be willing to believe in a power greater than themselves. I could not argue with that truth. I could not argue with that truth because, I, because all I had to do was look in the mirror, both physic, you know, physically and otherwise at my life, and see that I was the living proof of my thinking. And we discussed all those bedevilments you know, on previous pages, and I was living that. So I, I couldn't argue anymore. I had to throw in the towel and say, you know what? I give up. God, take me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? Yes, this is Judith. Go ahead, Judith. Thanks. This is Judith, a compulsive overeater in Vermont. Um, the thing that the, all those physicists didn't know was that there was going to be something to surprise everybody, and it had to do with the liftoff and the the wind going under the wings. I can't remember the science of it, but it was something that on paper they couldn't account for. Somebody had to try it. And so the Wright brothers tried it and discovered that it was indeed possible. And that's like us with the higher power. It doesn't seem logical, um, but when we try it, all of a sudden, wow, oh, there's somebody here listening. Um, and I'm so grateful that that he, he is findable. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Judith. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? Hi, this is Emily Ruth. Can I share? Go ahead. <clears throat> Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I completely this these paragraphs, this idea of something something logical and something um, you know to me that's the idea of faith is it's something that we can't logic and we can't reason. There is some element of mystery that we can't quote unquote figure out um, because we as human beings are people who want to figure things out. We want to you know pull apart the puzzle and put it back together and know exactly how it works, which is understandable to some extent, um, but it's also playing God. You know, it's also 
wanting to know the ins and outs so that we can know all of the elements. Um, and, you know, in my mind, I just had, if that, that's, that's part of the miracle. I just had this moment this morning when I was making breakfast for myself and I was like, oh, you know, I don't have this one thing that I normally eat and, um, well, it's okay, I can go grocery shopping and then just thinking back about the terror that that used to be for me. You know, the terror of like, oh my God, it's not going to be enough. That feeling of I am not going to have enough. Or if something, you know, I'm going through a lot right now in my life. A lot of, uh, you know, many blessings and many burdens and many everything. But that idea that, you know, this through this program, the miracle is, you know, we have, we, we know the tools. We know the different elements to, we know how to work this program, but the actual miracle, the actual, like, spiritual awakening, the trigger, the, the you know, that, that magic moment for us, that's something that we can't fully describe and that we'll never really know exactly how it works, and that's why it's a miracle, and that's why, you know, we have a higher power and we are not our own higher power. Um, and I think that when we remember that, that is when we kind of live in the awe of God and the awe of our higher power. Um, and that's what makes life fun and interesting. And um, so with that, I'm going to pass. So thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? All right, we're going to move on with Katie. Would you please read for us, Katie? Are you there, Katie? Press star one to unmute. Okay, sorry, I was reading and you weren't hearing me. Okay, this is Katie, <laughs> Eater. Um, <clears throat> actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. And, you know, what this is saying is that, you know, if all this evidence isn't, you're not believing all this evidence in other people, look inside yourself, you know. And I had to look inside myself and realize that God had brought me to the point where I had not successfully killed myself, even though that is what I wanted to do. I was um, to the point in my eating where I couldn't stand, I could not stand living. It was not, um, you know, that I ate occasionally. It wasn't that I ate when something bad happened. I ate regardless. I ate nonstop. And so <laughs> something kept me from successfully um, running off the road, which is what I wanted to do. And I was able to, to look at that and say, yes, yes, I do know that God exists because God, you know, I can see that God has done all this stuff. Um, 
and definitely I was worshiping the food, but the food no longer was worthy of my worship because it was not working for me anymore. Um, and I was able, you know, God, um, these miraculous demonstrations, I could see them in other people. And I think it's, uh, it's God's, God's work that I could even see it and could have just an inkling of faith to believe that if they could uh, recover, then I could recover too. And um, I'm just so grateful that, that I am a miracle today and I don't have to look very far. I only have to look back on my own experience now and see that God carries me through everything. So when new bumps come in the road, and they do, life is not easy. Life is full of life. And I do not have to go back to that abyss of food. And that'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Please press star one to unmute. Esther? Go ahead, Esther. Thank you. This is a very um, exciting paragraph because it's telling me that the fundamental idea of God is in everybody. So that means God or the idea of a higher power, whatever we call our higher power, dwells in all of us. It dwells in the people who, who recovered and tried to carry the message to me, and it dwells in me too. So this is it's good news in the sense that whatever I need to do really is just to access that power. I don't need to, um, the idea of a higher power is already inside me. And, you know, there are many reasons why this paragraph describes why this uh, fundamental idea has been obscured, you know, by the, you know, worldly clamors, by things going on, um, the busyness of life, but that deep down is this awareness of a higher power and it's something that I know I've experienced even before I came into the program from time to time, whether it was an inspiration or some type of, you know, voice within me that seemed to come, you know, from somewhere else, somewhere beyond my, my intellect. So all I need to know now is that this fundamental idea is there. I need to have access to it and, of course, remove all the layers um, that are blocking me from, you know, from gaining, from, you know, getting um, benefit from this power. And this is what the people who took me through the book, big book taught me, is that for as long as there have been people, there, there have been this idea of a higher power within all of us. But what the program of recovery does for me is help me um, begin a relationship with this power, and then beyond that, to remove the things that block me from this power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Esther. This is Robin. Go ahead, Robin. Good morning. This is Robin. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, This paragraph actually makes me think of why I needed you all because I was so, um, I spent many years, you know, lying in my bed crying to God to save me from my compulsive overeating and doing nothing about it. Um, And knowing, you know, just as it says here, deep down inside of myself was the fundamental idea of God. Um, but it was obscured, 
you know, the 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 actual action steps, the actual faith that allowed me to um, step off the ledge was missing because I was on my own. And when I found you all, and you all showed me that by your um, the things that had happened to you, where I could see that your faith um, had brought God to the forefront, and it was your faith that carried you through your calamities, that allowed me to step off the ledge, um, so that I had the you know the courage to push aside all of my own fears and follow your lead. And that was what, that you know, once again for me, I just keep thinking about the fact that this just isn't a, self, a self-help program. This is a we help. We help each other to, um, you hold me up until I can find my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Robin. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Go ahead, Amy. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Edini, gracefully recovered compulsive overeater. For faith in a power greater than ourselves, well, power is capitalized, and it doesn't start at the beginning of the sentence. So faith, you know, having faith is having stability in one's life. You know, it's a gift from God, and all we have to do is just accept it. It's right there for us. Um, To accept what he can do for us, what we cannot do for ourselves. I mean, this is a gift. A gift that we should all accept. In in believing in in something, and giving it a chance, I mean, we need to have trials in our errors to see what can work for us. And if we just give this a chance, then our beliefs start to grow because then evidence starts appearing in our lives. It's just starting with that faith. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Edini. Well, this is Janice, and I'd like to comment briefly on this paragraph as well. You know, it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves. We were fooling ourselves. You know, that very mind that I so relied on, I was fooling myself that I was either beyond finding this faith or that there wasn't a faith to be found. You know, I was fooling myself. And it says, why does that happen? Well, it might be obscured. It might be hidden. It might be veiled from me by the worship of other things, by the worship of material goods and, and, and uh, the material world. You know, I was looking for that hardcore evidence somehow, and if I thought I couldn't find it, then I was fooling myself. But it says faith in a higher power, faith in a power greater than ourselves, and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are all around us. Facts as old as man himself. Demonstrations of that power. When my eyes were opened and I looked around, well, first of all, I saw people in whom the problem had been solved. And wasn't that a miracle? Because remember, I had stopped hundreds 
of times. I had stopped compulsively eating hundreds of times. But I couldn't stay stopped. And yet there was a part of me that kept trying over and over and over again. I was fooling myself there too. I was fooling myself that this time it was going to be different. But when my eyes were opened to the reality of this is my problem, and then you began showing me that there was a solution to this problem, once the problem was identified, that you had found this power greater than yourself. And miraculous demonstrations of that power were happening in you. How could I not believe in that? How could I not start to see that? And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Hello, this is Rose from New York. Go ahead, Rose. Thank you. Um, This uh, paragraph, actually, as um, Robin was talking and uh, just know what you said, too, um, makes me see and realize what is happening to me right now with um, my recovery from compulsive overeating because um, for um, basically since 1973 is when I got started a recovery and um, I recovered in two other areas of my life but the food addiction, my compulsive overeating never, it never happened. I, I didn't dig, I didn't dig within myself or work the steps, or or have this faith, and nor did I admit. I won't say I didn't know it, but I didn't admit that I was fooling myself about getting a recovery as a food addict, um, because this past May is when the first time I didn't physically get on my knees, but spiritually I was on my knees, and admitting that I never wanted a food recovery. I always harbored the fact that maybe someday I could grow new legs and eat. And how many times? Hundreds? Thousands? I mean, I've heard you all say this in so many meetings that I identify with you all here that I realize has been feeding me with this meeting and that I was fooling myself about me and God, and then I met somebody in the program who said they knew of a way to work the steps, which, thank God, I've been brought to, and um, I'm still in my fourth step, but the clarity of um, where I blocked God in the fear has been there that I'm going to keep doing it, but as I've been listening to this meeting Um, Now, in this chapter, I was an atheist. I wasn't an agnostic. But that the blocking of God, like with my tools of destruction, as I've heard you all say, you know, my two hands stuffing food into my mouth just blocked, 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 blocked. And because I haven't been blocking since May, this other... This is after over 38 years is 
a person said, your relationship with God is going to be different, and I couldn't imagine how that could be. But for faith in a power greater than ourselves, in miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives, that's what was just said here, that is being being true for me, listening to this meeting of the power in the, the Sunday meeting of listening to Penny and listening to uh, Janice and the others, where I'm listening to people who are just as bad as I was, just as sick, just as separated from God. And you now have, I'm not there yet, but this um, thin thread of hope. It's not thin, really, but it's a, this chapter, this paragraph is saying, the, I'm listening to live miraculous demonstrations, and my sponsor also is another one who was a miraculous demonstration. And I have been daily coming to believe more in a way than I ever have, that I too am demonstrating it because the abstinence that is there now never has been. And I thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Rose. I think we'll move on to the next paragraph now. Deb W., would you please read that for us? Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Deb. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. Um, You know, I just love this paragraph, too, because it just builds upon this whole idea. And um, the idea is we finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. The feeling we have for a friend, you know, I remember meeting new people and having friendships and how friendships build upon each other. And that's what's happening here. You know, as long as we have this willingness to recognize that there is a power greater than myself, um, God works with that and he can build upon that. And that friendship um, is nurtured and built upon and he reveals himself more and more to us and these promises begin to take place, and it's just this beautiful cyclic thing, you know, and I just I just love that. Um, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us, and, and, and as long as we're willing to seek out who God is to us, he will reveal himself to us, and that is awesome, and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Deb. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Leah. Go ahead, Ms. Leah. Hi, it's... Uh, I'd like to comment. May I go ahead? First, Leah, and then we'll come back to you, all right? Sure. Thank you so much. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. You know, these two paragraphs uh, reinforce the necessity of the step process, because in that 
former paragraph, it's saying it may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things. It's telling me God is deep down within me, but it's blocked. His power is blocked. It's, it's, uh, it's concealed. You know, it's hidden because I've been putting my trust, reliance, and dependency in other things, in, in pomp, in worship of other things, in relationships, in money, in power, you know, focusing on, uh, you know, moving to Hawaii, whatever it might be on the list. All those things have obscured God. You know, so the process of the, and then, it, of course, it says in the statement, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. What is the barrier between me and God? And when I get rid of that stuff, I will have a consciousness of God. And that's exactly what the steps, beginning with step four, does. Because ultimately, steps four through nine take me on a process where I will have a spiritual awakening, where those barriers will be removed, and I'm going to have a psychological change sufficient to overcome that mental obsession. It will reveal God to me. God will be revealed through that process. It's, it's the steps. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but... He was there. Step four is what they're describing here because step four is simply about removing the barriers, what obscures me between me and God. You know, compulsive overeating is a spiritual pain. It's a spiritual pain. What, what was missing in my life was God. The whole part of myself, the spiritual side of myself, was being left empty. And I was trying to fill it with scraps of pleasure and scraps of relationships and scraps of fulfillment and scraps of validation and security and love while the program is teaching me that deep down inside of me, I had an unsuspected inner resource that was left untapped. And through the process of these steps, that unsuspected inner resource is tapped. And it not only includes all those things that I was so desperately searching for, like love and security and fulfillment, but it is infinitely greater than anything I could have dreamed of. Because it is indestructible and it's immeasurable, that relationship with God. So God was always there. It's just that it had been blocked. God had been blocked. The step process, process four through nine, removes those barriers so that God can be revealed. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. I'm sorry, who was next? Hi, Deanna. This is Linda from Connecticut. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Linda. Go ahead. Um, I just um, ditto everything that Leah just said. Um, I remember thinking way back when, when I, because <clears throat> I've been around a while, um, reading that for the first or second time, and I thought, I felt, how could that be that something is inside me at the time I was 38 years old, and I don't know it's there. I mean, I held on to that. The whole chapter is my favorite chapter. I held on to that paragraph in particular because I I just hoped. I just hoped. And I was an atheist, as uh, Rose said. And um, <clears throat> through the process of the steps, I did. Uh, I was shown that my self-destructiveness was blocking me from God, from love, from life. And um, 
it was all there. But if I didn't do the step work, I would never get to it. I was so splintered. I couldn't imagine that there was a God or that it was inside me or he or she, however the person perceives God. Uh, I, I, I was always spending my life as an active person trying to get to good enough. Just look, get me to good enough for all of you, for me, and so forth. And it really was a God and is a God-shaped hole, and God shows up. It is awesome. And I pass. Thank you, Linda. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Melanie from Atlanta. I'd like to comment, please. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is Melanie. I'm a compulsive eater. And um, I really have enjoyed the last few readings, the last few days, when we, um, to compare. I was thinking about the logic readings and the faith readings and what that means for me. And what it means for me is that I have lots of faith, um, but I think that the logic tries to take over, you know, in that instant when I have a decision to make. Um, and so my faith is what's telling me to do my footwork in advance. And so for me, the big, my biggest issue in this program is preparation. And oftentimes I didn't want to take the time to prepare because it wasn't sexy. You know, I'd rather be out doing something else. And um, I paid the price for that. And so what my faith is telling me now is that if I have faith in God, he showed me a way to have the kind of peace and serenity that I've had before um, when I did take that time. And it's only when I do that that I can have the kind of life from a physical, emotional, and spiritual standpoint that I want. So this morning I just need to say that I'm feeling um, I've been traveling a lot lately. I just moved, just got engaged, just got a lot lot of things going on. And um, I'm just kind of coming back to center. So I'm just kind of reclaiming my seat, reclaiming that, you know, I've seen life that I want and – you know, just really praying for the willingness to take the time to prepare so that um, I can have a full life. So with that, I'll pass, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Melanie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Then we'll move on to the next paragraph. Penny C., would you please read that for us? Yes, good morning, everybody. It's Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We can only clear the ground a bit. If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then, if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to, to you. Uh, the broad highway, um, it, it's re- the word broad comes um, to, to me in, in um, a previous um, part of the book we just read not too long ago on page 46. I'm just going to quote this. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. Um, so, so this is this is a, a something that I see the the broad highway is that you know 
we're not restricted. We do not have to believe when we when we first come and we're told, you know, we just need to believe that there's a power higher than ourselves, that that I am not God, that that some some um, spirit, some um, anything I choose to be a power higher than myself can be what I cling to until I got to the point where I find that my God is a spiritual, personal God. So this does not exclude anybody. So anyone, you know, I've talked to people about OA and they say, oh, I know that's all about God. I, I'm, I'm not for that. No, no, thank you. And it's so good to be able to say, you really don't have to believe anything. You just come along and and travel this highway with us. And um, you'll see, as I did, that you will come to believe in something. And every time this, this has worked out that way. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Kathy in Boston. May I share? Go ahead, Kathy. Thank you, Janice. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery, and um, what this, the last few paragraphs has helped me to remember is that um, if I don't continue to spend time with my higher power, I will lose the relationship, um, and that has happened to me. Um, I worked very diligently through the first um, nine steps with a big book sponsor, and then I failed to continue to work the steps 10, 11, and 12, and I got busy again, and all that time that I used to spend getting to know God was again tied up in worldly matters and um this paragraph reminds me i need to continue to search diligently i can't sit on my laurels or um assume that once i feel a spiritual connection um it will be there forever it's like they said it's like spending time with a good friend and getting to know that good friend So I'm very grateful to be reminded of that today. All I need to do is continue to make space for this very, very lovely and loving relationship. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice, and I'd like to comment. You know, it says we can only clear the ground a bit. You know, we can only clear the ground a bit for you. You know, we can tell our stories here on the line. We can talk about that spiritual awakening that we have experienced. And we can introduce you to this idea of what worked for us, what the solution has been for us. And if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice and enables you to think honestly, if it opens your eyes like it opened my eyes, you open my eyes to the need for God. Not that there was a God, but that I had a need for God. That I suffered from this illness, which a spiritual experience 
you were telling me, could conquer. It could conquer. Then it invites us. Then if you wish, then if you wish, there's no strong arming here. There's no twisting. There's no cajoling or convincing or, or you know, all we are is introducing you. Thank God I was introduced to this idea, this beautiful, beautiful idea that unfolded in this study of the big book that there was a way out of the place I was in. It says, then you can join us on this broad highway. We invite you to join us. With this attitude, you cannot fail. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. What a beautiful promise. That's a promise right here in this paragraph. You know, we've introduced you, they say, to this idea. And if you identify like I identified, then you can join us if you wish. If you wish. It has to be your choice, your decision. You make it. Only you can make it. But then if you do, we'll bend over backwards to help you. You know, you can work those steps like I did, as if your life depended on it, and get what we all got, recovery. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Esther. Go ahead, Esther. Thank you. Um, This paragraph is teaching me that ultimately my relationship with my higher power is it's an inside job, meaning it's something I have to do for myself. They can only, those who have recovered can show me the road and, and teach me about it, but that the relationship is, in the end is going to be based on the, my efforts um, to, to find, you know, this higher power and to, you know, remove all the things that block me from it. And, you know, I can go to many inspirational meetings and they'll be inspirational, but I, I can't, uh, um, develop a relationship with a higher power based on us, you know, the inspiration at the meetings or by osmosis. It's not something I'll just sort of, uh, you know, feel and, and seep into me. It's going to be based on my own um, efforts and, and the work that I do. Uh, and ultimately, this is so even after I've, you know, been through the steps and that the quality of my relationship with my higher power will always depend on, you know, doing the things that I need to do on a daily basis and, you know, and all the work that is entailed in the 12-step program of recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sharon. Go ahead, Sharon. Hi, this is, I'm Sharon, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be on the line this morning. With this attitude, you cannot fail. When I read this, it reminds me of the um, the appendix, the spiritual experience, and what we are seeking is a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. With this attitude, you cannot fail. It says here, this attitude, what attitude is this? This is an attitude where we are thinking honestly, where we are searching diligently within ourselves. And that is, that is the attitude, the, the uh, willingness to, to be open, to listen, to allow the prejudice to be swept away, and to accept 
that there is a different way, a way that is different than what we have been uh, thinking about and acting upon in the past. We, um, as we uh, see that the ground has been cleared and as we hear the testimonies of others who have recovered, we are and we remain open to a different way of thinking, a different way of seeing life. As we do that, then we can have an attitude change. We can begin to change. And that's all that it takes to get on the broad highway. That's all it takes is that openness, that willingness to see things differently, that honest assessment of where you are, of where you are right at this moment, and that willingness to search within yourself. How have I been viewing my God? What has been my way of thinking? How have I been acting and reacting to life. And as we begin to search that uh, within ourselves and ask those questions honestly, and when we are willing to see ourselves as we are and see that the way that we have been thinking has not worked, it, has, it is flawed. And that's okay, because by accepting that, we have made a beginning, and we can join the recovered on the broad highway. With that attitude, I love this sentence, you cannot fail. With this attitude, you cannot fail. And the consciousness of your belief is sure to come. So... Just start, and all that you need will come to you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. And with that, we'll close the meeting today. Thank you to everyone who has shared, and thank you especially to those who helped me this morning, Irini and Margaret and Esther and Katie and Deb W. and Penny C. I so appreciate it. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Esther, would you please read that for us? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.